Hey, thanks for joining us here at the Vineyard Church Podcast. For more video messages and content, make sure to visit our website, vineyardwheeling.com, or download our app. There's a lot of great resources there that are free and will help you grow closer to God and help you connect with the church. Right now, let's go to our lead pastor, Chris Figueretti, for this week's message. Well, hello, Vineyard, and welcome to Church Online. I am so fired up for today's message, and I'm excited that you're here with us. Now, we've got a lot going on at the church, and we are in a really neat season. We're in fall. I love fall. We've been meeting outside at Heritage Port. If you've been watching online, you probably are aware of that, but you've chosen to watch online, and that's great. But, but we've got some things that are going to be changing, and today what I want to do is I want to share a little bit of vision about where we go from here, and, uh, and that's going to impact our online viewers as well. And so I'm going to challenge you today to take it take church online a step up and I can't wait to share it with you you know we're running out of weather it's going to get cold soon and and uh, middle of October or so is about the last last time that we're going to be able to depend on on really good weather and so we've got a couple choices for people who are meeting outside it's bring blankets and raincoats and, and power through the winter or we need to move inside in some way shape or form and we decided that after a week or two of powering through rain and snow people would probably give up on that and so we're going to move inside as of October 18th. October 18th will be our very last service at Heritage Port for this year and then we're going to move things inside but we're going to do it in a bit of a different way and I can't wait to share it with you. You know, one of the things that I've noticed in conversations with people is that there are, there are really three kinds of people uh, when it comes to navigating the pandemic and COVID-19. There are the people who, who believe that, that, that COVID is a, an incredibly serious, significant, scary thing, and uh, they need to isolate themselves and, and all of that. And there's that group of people. There's the group of people who are influenced by whatever in the middle, who, who are influenced by whatever uh, media they, they happen to see that day. Maybe one day they think it's very significant and the next day they hear another argument that it's not significant and that the numbers don't really add up. And they're kind of like, well, it's not that significant, but they, they're kind of in the middle there. And I think a lot of us are, are, are influenced by that because there's so much contradictory information about this COVID-19. And then there are the people who, all the way over here, who think the whole thing is a hoax. It's going to go away as of uh, the, the election. You know, after Election Day, it's, it's going to go away. It was a conspiracy dreamed up to take out President Trump and, and all of that. And there are those folks. And guys, listen to me. There are all three kinds of people in our church. Um, our world is divided. Our world is divided significantly. Uh, I, more so than I've ever seen in my lifetime. And it's a problem. It's a real problem. But we are not going to divide ourselves up over debatable issues inside the church. We cannot let Satan get that foothold inside the church. We must be committed to unity, even though we see situations like COVID or other things differently. Are you with me? I hope you are with me because we need a place in our world where we're not dividing ourselves over these types of things, where we are committed to love one another and uh, to try and understand where other people are coming from. And that's going to be really, really important moving forward. 
Well, like I said, we've been meeting at Heritage Port, and I think that has been one of the best decisions we've ever made. I mean, over the course of the last six to eight months, we have grown by 30%. Our online viewership has grown significantly, and, and we've grown in our in-person attendance as well. People feel safe to meet outside at the waterfront, and boy, was that just a great move. I mean, God led us, we believe God led us to that, and it just made sense, and it has paid off in dividends. Uh, now, it, what we have experienced in growth and seeing people meet Jesus and in growing our, in our online attendance, all of that, it's not what most churches are experiencing. I'm in a cohort group with a bunch of other pastors from all around the country, and we get together regularly and online, and, and uh, what they're experiencing and what churches generally are experiencing around the country during this COVID season is uh, as they move back inside, as they go inside to meet, they have about 30% of their pre-COVID population feel safe enough to come back inside. And, uh, and these are areas where you wouldn't think that would be the case, like Georgia or Texas or North Dakota, uh, where people still, it's just 30% feel safe to come inside. Remember, there's three kinds of people in this world. Uh, most churches, though, in, the, in, in our country and really around the world are taking a pretty serious hit right now. We have been unbelievably blessed because we live in a climate where we could meet outside and, uh, and we've been able to make the move to online church in a quality way pretty quickly. And God has blessed that and it's been really, really good. But now that we are here, uh, we're looking at winter coming on quick, cold mornings, all of that we're going to have to make a move. And so I want to share with you what we're going to do. Going back to the Capitol Theater is what everybody thinks we're going to do. Uh, but that doesn't really make sense in light of the fact that 30% uh, return rate uh, is, is a real hit. I mean, we've gathered momentum. We would lose that momentum if we employ that strategy going forward. It just doesn't make sense. It's a step backwards. I was on a call with these pastors uh, a couple weeks back, and one of them from Houston, Texas, said that they went back basically the same weekend that we started meeting at the waterfront. And he said, we have been living with the consequences ever since. It's, it's, it's a move that they've regretted. Their volunteer base hasn't come back. They didn't ha don't have the volunteers to pull off a service. Uh, their staff is worn out. People are cranky. And it's a bunch of insiders. And the church was never meant to be about just the insiders. We're supposed to be an outward-oriented, mission-focused movement. And that's what we're committed to being. So going back to the capital doesn't make sense. Now, before I tell you what we're going to do, I want to I take a few steps back from COVID. And so let's think, dial back in, in time, about eight, eight or nine months, life before COVID. And we're going to look at the bigger picture. Now, before COVID was ever on the radar, we knew that our world was changing. We live in one of the most, um, most disruptive periods in human history. Everything's changing. Technology is, is pushing all of that. And, um, and we've seen so much change in the way people interact, in the way we do things, the way we go grocery shopping, the way we uh, engage in entertainment, uh, and even the way people are engaging in church. We've seen this happen over the last 10 years and definitely over the last 
five years. And one of the things that we're seeing is that people are becoming more and more introverted. Sociologists and psychologists call it cocooning. Because you can sit on your couch in your pajamas and drink coffee and watch church online, many people are choosing to do that. The introverts certainly are choosing to do that and enjoying that much better. Ten years ago, I remember having a conversation with a church leader and he, he said, Chris, big church, the way we've always done church, is perfectly designed for extroverts. And I thought about it and he was absolutely right. It's, it's a big environment with lots of people and, uh, uh, you know, loud music and, and uh, you know, big social interactive environment. And uh, extroverts love that. They absolutely love it. Introverts, though, simply tolerate it. They love Jesus. They want to worship God. They want to go to church. And so they come. But it's not their environment. I have a friend, several, several um, well, actually, it was just last year. He went last fall. He went to a Washington Redskins football game. They were playing the New England Patriots. It was a huge game. And the stands were only about 40% full. And this is something that we're seeing and have been seeing for years in the NFL and in all sporting events, uh, in movie theaters and in church. Live attendance is continuing to drop um, year over year. Uh, what we have seen in church, and we are an exception, our church is growing and that's an exception to the rule which is we're very grateful for and and uh, and we pray that god would keep doing that but what we're seeing generally in our culture and society is that church online is the only area that has consistently grown for the last five years across christendom it's crazy and uh, we watch as television viewing of sporting events goes up people choosing to stay home rather than going to the actual event itself. And some of that is anxiety, and uh, some of that is just they're introverts. They prefer small groups. And introverts, it's not that introverts don't like other people. It's that they prefer a small gathering of other people that they can really get to know and, and spend time with. Now, there is a problem with this, and this is going to be shocking for you because you're watching church online. And if you haven't been coming in person, um, and been watching online consistently, this might be a shocking statement, but here's my statement. Church online isn't really church. I'm going to say that again. Church online isn't really church, and here's why I say that. You know, the word church in the Bible comes from the Greek word, which, which it was originally written in, um, the Greek word ekklesia. And ekklesia means literally the gathering. Now, somewhere over time, we've, we've associated church with the building. Part of the reason, just one part of, one reason that we, I was excited about moving to the Capitol is I never want us to become a church that's focused on the building. Uh, we will do whatever it takes short of sin to continue to reach people who are outside the church, and it's never about the building. 
Uh, but somehow church has become building, all right, in, in our modern uh, vernacular. But it's not. It's the gathering. And as great as church online is, uh, it is not a gathering. You know, you can type in, hi, how you doing, and, and all of that. But it's not a gathering of people. It's a bunch of individuals watching church alone and kind of getting that content. Now, church online is great. So please don't hear me saying it's bad, but it's not church. It's the front door. It's where we connect with people who have never been to church before. And in fact, most people will attend church online for six to ten times before they ever show up to a live event that we're doing. Church online is a lifeline for shut-ins, people who can't get out, and it's absolutely great for that. And for people who are traveling, who want to remain connected to our church family, it's great for that. It reaches people who are far off. We've got people who attend, uh, attend our church online in Arizona and New Hampshire and Florida and North Carolina and all over the country. And in fact, we got a communication last weekend from a soldier in Iraq who is from the Ohio Valley who discovered church online and watched last week. And it's, you know, and it's, it's a lifeline to people like that. So I'm not talking down church online. I'm just saying, it's not church because church is a gathering. By definition, it is a gathering of people. And guys, we need an environment where introverts are drawn to. We need an environment where they can gather, not in a huge, large group. And, and this is COVID aside. We need a place that introverts can thrive in and have church because I guarantee more than 50% of our population right now are introverts and COVID's going to affect this even more and it's just going to grow because where technology is taking us as a culture. This is so important. I asked you to pray when we started the 714 project about God leading the church and where we need to be moving into the future. I believe this is part of it. You know, my wife is an introvert. And as I shared what I'm about to share with you with her, she loved the idea. And every introvert that I have talked to loves the idea of what I'm about to share with you because it's their environment and it's church. It's not just watching it online, watching a video on a computer. It's interacting with people. So the concept that I want to share with you, I believe it is the solution for our next phase of dealing with COVID-19. And I believe that it is God's sovereign way of setting us up for the future after COVID-19. This is going to be awesome. And here's what it is. We're calling it church at home, church at home, different than church online. And what I'm going to do, especially for all of you who are watching online right now, I want to ask every one of you to gather some friends or some family members or some neighbors or maybe all of the above. And instead of watching church alone, watch with some people. Create your own gathering. And it can be a small gathering. Um, I uh, got some of the idea for this from my Amish friends. I've been talking to them about um, what church looks like for them. And they get together in homes. They get together in small little groups in homes and everybody brings a dish to share and they have brunch together and there's a, there's a message and they, they do church and they talk about what they're learning and they talk about their lives and they build community and it's a tight knit 
community in a smaller group in homes. They don't build church buildings. And I thought, wow, well, that's, that's pretty cool. That would make sense for COVID. And it would make sense for life after COVID for our introvert population, wouldn't it? In Acts 2, 46, we see that this is completely biblical. It says they broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. They broke bread. There's something about breaking bread together that is, that is kind of the secret sauce of building community. We learned this in Alpha, and it's also very biblical. You know, if you've not participated in our Alpha uh, course, we have been running it for 22 years. I discovered Alpha 22 years ago and started, uh, started the class here at the Vineyard Church in 1998. It's hard to believe it's been that long. And, uh, but Alpha uh, is really stumbled onto, uh, I think, this in a midweek kind of environment. We were doing it on Wednesday nights most of the time. But, but you come in and you, you get together in a small group of people and you sit around the table and you share a meal together. And there's something about sharing a meal together that just breaks down boundaries and, and bonds people in a really significant way. It opens up the, the conversation. It's just a powerful thing to do. And like I said, it's incredibly biblical. And then we would sing a couple songs and we would hear a mes message via video. And, uh, and then we'd come back together and have dessert and have a conversation about the message that we just heard. And there's something about having that message and that, co that common material that we've just seen to begin the conversational ball rolling. And you throw the food in and you throw the fellowship in and it's like magic. It's awesome. And those groups bond and those groups go deep and those groups open up better than, than almost any groups that we do. And so here's what we're going to do with Church at Home. We are going to put together a church service uh, on video that is designed to connect to the living room perfectly. We're going to stream a church service designed for the living room. And this is going to be different than the church service that we're going to stream for church online. We're going to continue to do church online because there are people who can't gather and there are certainly people who are going to have or are going to connect with us for the first time that way. There are all the reasons that church online is a good thing. We're going to continue to do that but we're going to put together a different package for church at home. And we're going to put together special music. Uh, the message is going to be recorded in such a way, we're gonna try to take that up a notch so that it feels like we're speaking right into the living room. Uh, the hosting will be specifically for people who are meeting in church on home environments. And we're gonna try and incorporate some stories as well. And we're gonna try and bring all, the quality of all of that up so that it communicates and translates into the living room really, really well. But my challenge to you, my, our church online viewers, is get ready to make a shift. Don't do church alone anymore if you can help it. Now, if you can't help it, you can't help it. But if you can, start a group in your home. Uh, get, or get in a group. And a group doesn't have to be a lot of people. It can be two or three people. Jesus said, where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. That's absolutely fine. But gather with some people. Don't do it alone. Now, it can be, you know, 15 or 20 people if you're comfortable with that. And, and, and gather people you're comfortable with. 
I, I'm, you know, we're in the middle of a pandemic. I'm not going to ask you to invite a bunch of strangers into your house that you're not comfortable with or open your house so that anybody can sign up to come in. That's not what we're doing. I want you to go find people that you're already comfortable with. Maybe it's your family members. Maybe your, your kids are already playing with the neighbor kids and you're hanging out with the neighbors during COVID. That's fine. Invite them over for brunch, Sunday brunch, and we're going to do church together. Or maybe you have some close friends that you want to do life with. That's perfect. But don't do church alone if you can help it. Now, we are going to do a large gathering uh, once a week. And this is an incentive for you to be a church at home host. Uh, And on Thursday night at our building on Warden Run Road, if you live local, uh, you can can come and we're going to gather as a as a group of church at home hosts and we're going to you're going to get to experience the service before everybody else and we're going to record the worship and we're going to record the message and uh, we're going to be able to coach you on how to have a successful church at home experience uh, on an ongoing basis and that'll be thursday night now if you live at a distance uh, we're going to have an online option for you to participate in that thursday night thing as well but that's an incentive uh, for you to to, uh, to host a church at home group, and we hope that you will. My hope and dream is that we would have 100 plus church at home sites. Now, for the rest of this message, I want to answer some of the questions that I've heard as I've been sharing with people. But what about, what about this, or what about that? Well, first question is this, what about kids? Well, kids is a challenge in this environment. Uh, but I think we've got a great solution to it. We're going to put together monthly a package of curriculum that you can come and pick up or you can download online if you're at a distance. Uh, and you'll be able to take that home for the kids that are in your group and go through that each Sunday. Now, you have options, right? So maybe you want to take an, an adult each week and they spend the time with the kids and go through the curriculum with them. That's great. Or maybe you just want to give the kids uh, an iPad and say, here's your, here's your video message for this week, and you guys go off to the basement or to another room and, and watch that and then go play together. And that's great, too. You can do that option. Or if you feel comfortable, you, know, you turn the kids outside to play and the parents take the curriculum and go through the curriculum throughout the week. That's a great option, too. Whatever works for your group will be fine as far as that. But we will give you the resources to continue to walk spiritually with your children. And then on Friday nights, two Friday nights a week, we're going to do a, it's almost like a a vacation Bible school at the church for two and a half hours. You'll be able to drop your kids off and they will get an extended period of social time. And we feel like that's really, really important. uh, And connection time with their leaders and the curriculum that we will be using on Friday nights will tie in with what they have been learning throughout the week and on Sunday mornings with the curriculum that they get for that. So that's that. And you get to go on a date twice a month. How cool is that with free childcare? That's pretty awesome. And we think that in some ways is almost a better discipleship strategy for kids than you know an hour on Sunday mornings every week. So um, at any rate, that's, that's kind of the, the direction we're going with that. Now, the next question is this. What about the downtown population? 
Well, most people who live downtown live somewhere. They have a, they have a home. They live in one of the high rises, which the high rises are great. Use the community room in the high rise and invite your neighbors to, who you're spending time with anyway to come down and participate in church at home, in the, in the community room. Uh, if some people who live downtown have homes, great. Clean up the house and invite people to come to your house for church at home. Um, and th then there's the homeless population, which we're concerned about. And I, I spoke with uh, John Moses at Youth Services Systems the other day, and uh, he literally tossed me the keys to a room that a church was renting from them and said, it's yours to use. And it has all the seats and, and the sound equipment and everything we need to do church, a, a, a church at home environment for the homeless. And we've got, I think we've already got three volunteers and maybe God will lead you to volunteer to help out with that population. Um, but we're gonna be doing that in East Wheeling and, and that's gonna be amazing for the homeless population. Well, the next question is, is this, what about other ministries? You know, uh, and some ministries aren't going to make sense to do in this time either because the leaders are, are, are in an at risk population and they're going to step back. But so many of our ministries are continuing. Our prayer and care ministry is continuing and we're looking at ways to expand that in this season. Uh, our, um, our 180 student ministry is going on and that's happening Wednesday nights. And in fact, if you have a kid between the ages of sixth grade and 12th grade, those aren't really ages, but if you have them in that span, bring them or get them to church on Wednesday nights. We're doing a phenomenal job with the youth and it's so important that that age bracket has some socialization because these kids are just living online right now. Um, and they're, they're not a huge at risk group. And so we're, we're trying to practice social distancing with them as much as, as feasibly possible, but we're gathering them together. And part of that is they take over the entire building. Uh, our college ministry is continuing to meet. Mothers of preschoolers is continuing to meet. And our adventure kids, of course, on, on uh, uh, Friday nights twice a month will be continuing to meet. And so ministry is going on and in some ways bigger and better than it ever has, even in the midst of COVID-19. Uh, the next question is this, what does a, a church at home service look like? What, what, do, you, what do you see this looking like? And uh, well, a, a couple things. One, you can start whenever you want to start. Uh, I would, uh, you know, I was talking to a friend the other day and they said, uh, you know, I can't do Sunday morning, but my friends are available Sunday evening. Can we do it Sunday evening? Absolutely. Uh, you can do it anytime you want. I would love to do it. I don't know that I'm going to, but I would love to do it on Friday night. Uh, we're going to post the message and you'll have access to it from Sunday morning all the way through Saturday, Saturday night, the next week. So whenever is, is, uh, whenever is convenient for you, I mean, Sunday morning is a great time to kind of put a peg in the ground and say, we're going to do this. But for some people that doesn't work, you have flexibility. And when you come together, here's what I kind of envision. We're going to spend a little bit of time at the beginning, 10 or 15 minutes, just having conversation, catching up fellowship, and then watch the church service together, uh, sitting around the living room. And after the church service ends, uh, the video feed ends, and we'll set you up for this with the, vi the video feed, share some testimonies. What's God doing in your life? And what do you need prayer for? And take a few minutes and pray for each other. That's something that is, is harder to do in a large church environment, but this really lends itself to sharing, everybody sharing what's going on in their lives. And then, my favorite part, have brunch. 
uh, have lunch and, or brunch or you know, dinner, whatever time you're doing it, and have a conversation about what you just heard. How does this apply to your life? What is the Holy Spirit saying to you about how you need to apply this, this message to your life? And have a conversation over a meal. And I'm telling you, that's magic. And, and listen to me. Uh, Acts, 22, for, uh, Acts 2, 46, they broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. That is powerful stuff. So here's the deal. I want, and we'll set up a Facebook group just for recipes. I don't know. We want, I want to know your cheesy potato recipe, your French toast casserole recipe, uh, all your brunch items, because I think there's a, I think it's a, I think it's a very spiritual part of what we will be doing. All right. Next question is, why are we giving in to the government telling us not to meet? Uh, that is a question that I've gotten several times. And uh, I want to tell you with all seriousness that we're not. Uh, our government here in Wheeling, West Virginia, and in the state of West Virginia, they're not telling us not to meet. In fact, the governor has said explicitly None of the requirements apply to churches. Um, churches can do whatever they want, but we're asking you to social distance. We're asking you to cooperate to help slow the spread of this thing. And certainly we want to cooperate with that as much as we can. But that's not why we're making this decision. We're making this decision because going inside and doing big church the way we've always done big church, in the middle of a pandemic when only 30% of the people would come back is a step backwards. It, it, it diminishes our impact. This church at home expands our impact. It enables us to gather the momentum that we've gathered over the last eight months and double down on that. See, moving inside diminishes our reach. Doing church at home expands it. The only reason we would go back inside and do what we've always done is to make a point. And I would rather make an impact. I would rather make a difference. I would rather make disciples than make a point any day of the week. And if every one of us gathers one or two people that, that aren't already coming, our neighbor or our friend, and I'm telling you, people are asking questions and people are afraid and they're open to this invitation right now more than they've ever been. If everybody gathers one or two people, we double or triple our impact, and we can do that in a matter of weeks. Guys, this decision, this isn't about fear. This isn't about being manipulated by our government. This isn't about any of that. This is all about mission and what makes the most sense, and I'm telling you what we believe God is leading us to do at this time. That's what this is about. Jesus when he was about to reveal who he was as the Messiah to his disciples, he took them on a field trip. And he took them to a region north of, of Israel. He took them into a, a completely different region called Caesarea Philippi. Caesarea Philippi was the center of paganism for their part of the world. It was, uh, it was I mean, it was sexually immoral. It was uh, immoral in so many ways. And your average Jewish person would look at Caesarea Philippi and go, boy, that's a hot mess. I don't want anything to do with that. And I don't want anything to do with those people. And that's where Jesus takes his disciples. And, and he does it for a reason. Jesus was always using 
the places that he, he was, the places he would teach as an object lesson to drive home a point. And it's no different in this situation. And in Matthew 16, verse 13, it says this, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others say Jeremiah or one of the prophets. So basically, one of their historic heroes has come back from the dead, and that's, who Jesus, that's what people were saying on the street. But Jesus says to them, but what about you? He asked, who do you say I am? And Simon Peter answered, if you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Well, Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my father in heaven. Simon, you didn't come up with this on your own. God revealed this to you. Yes, I am. You're absolutely right. I am the Messiah. Jesus is revealing this to them. And then Jesus goes on in verse 18 and he says, I tell you, that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. Now, this is part of the object lesson, guys. There's a place in Caesarea Philippi that they call the gates of Hades. Hades is, is the underworld. It's kind of the, the equivalent of the gates of hell. It was, they believed that was a portal to the, to the underworld right there in Caesarea Philippi. And Jesus was probably standing next to the gates of Hades. He's basically saying, look, hell will not stand against my gathering. I will build my gathering and the gates of hell won't stand against it because we are coming for it. And Jesus is pointing to the people in Caesarea Philippi who the, his Jewish followers would have been like, they don't count. They're not in. It's about us. They would have been looking at Jewish people only. And Jesus said, no, no, no. My church, my gathering is for the people who aren't here yet. And even the people of Caesarea Philippi, we're going to build a church and it's not going to be an inward focused group of people. It's going to be an outward focused group of people who are going to reach the world. Guys, that's the heart of Jesus. That's the heart of the gospel. That's what the church is all about. And for us to go back inside and do what we've always done and only reach 30% of the people that we've reached. New people certainly aren't going to come into that environment. Is a, that is an inward focused strategy and we're not going to do it. We're going after the world. And the best way to do that right now is through church at home. There's a world to reach, guys. And it's at the heart of who Jesus was. There's a mission to fulfill. And there are people to save, guys. And if we, can, if we can gather some people, if you can gather some people, maybe people who aren't coming to church yet and just say, hey, I'm having this gathering. We're going to do brunch together. It's going to be awesome. Bring, bring a casserole. Bring, bring some orange juice. Bring something to share. And we're going to, to do life together and we're going to grow spiritually in this time. And I'm telling you, there are people who will join you. People who would be afraid to go to a large group gathering will be excited to come and spend time with you. And guys, we will fulfill that mission that Jesus has given us. You know, there's not a right way to do church. Did you know that? I mean, church has taken on different forms throughout, throughout the years. And the early church in Jerusalem, they met in the temple courts, it says in the book of Acts, and they met in the living rooms. They met house to house. Acts 2, 46, again, coming back to that, but the first part of that verse says, every day they continued to meet 
together in the temple courts and they broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. It was in the temple courts and it was house to house. And that's what we've always tried to do. We've had big church on Sunday and we've met house to house in life groups during the week. And that's a great model. But once the church was scattered outside Jerusalem, they just met in living rooms. They were house churches throughout the world for a very long time. There were not big church gatherings. It looked different in that season and in that era of the church. And then in, in the 400s BC or, or AD, Constantine declares the church the official state religion of Rome, and they begin to build buildings and, and, and section off areas as parishes, and uh, they have churches and monasteries, and it became more about meeting in buildings, and that was what the church looked like in that season of time. But then after the Reformation, I mean, the church went underground in large part. There were a lot of house gatherings and those kinds of things. And then as that became more and more normalized, they moved back into buildings. Seems like we're always drawn to buildings. But during term, times of persecutions, plagues and wars, the church morphs. It changes. It'll go underground. It will meet in homes. It will, it will meet uh, in, you know, smaller venues. And, 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 and guys, there's not a right or wrong. The big is not wrong. Big is fantastic. And small is not wrong. Small is, is fantastic as well. Even today in, in China and in Vietnam, there are church where Christianity is technically illegal and, and evangelical Christianity is persecuted. What we see is the church exploding and it's meeting in people's homes. You know, the Houston Chronicle wrote an article a year or two ago, said officially an atheist nation in a place where, in a place where the government shutters some Christian churches, China is on course to become the home to more Christians than any other country in the world by 2030. That's right. Christianity is exploding and it's not in large group gatherings. It's in church at home gatherings. Guys, as we go through COVID, church at home has the potential to blow up. And after COVID, because of the way our culture is going, I think it will be a very viable strategy. You know, and I, I was talking to some friends who are missionaries in Africa, and they were telling me about churches that meet under trees in Africa. And that's perfectly legitimate too. See, the church is, is, is not a building and it's not a style. The church is where and when God's people gather. It's the gathering of God. And sometimes that's large and sometimes that's small. Well, the next question that I get a lot is, when will we reopen big church? And the, the short answer to that question is, I don't know. I mean, we'll reopen it when people will come back. We'll reopen it when people feel safe to come back, when it makes sense to do so. And that may be, you know, depending on who you talk to, that might be after the election. Uh, and that could be in 2022. I don't know. I don't have a crystal ball. But uh, we'll see. Uh, probably if it's not open by next June, we'll probably start meeting at the Heritage Port again outside. And that will be an option for the warm weather season. But we just don't know. Next question that I get is, when will church or sorry, will church at home uh, close? Will we stop doing that after COVID is over? And the answer to that question is, I hope not. The plan is certainly not to, because this is the introvert option for people who want those smaller environments. You know, 10 years ago, 
we had one venue. It was big church. And the introverts tolerated it. And the extroverts loved it. But that was it. About five years ago, we added in church, church online. And, and church online uh, has been growing ever since. And really mostly, mostly with, with our introvert population. But after this, after COVID's over, we'll have three venues and we'll have options for all kinds of people. And that is a powerful part, I believe, of us moving forward into this new world that is unfolding before us. It's gonna be fantastic. And, and, and guys, just a word to the extroverts. Can I say something? Because I'm, I'm an extrovert. Um, the small group environment is an awesome environment for extroverts. It's not, there's not a loss there. It's, it's you know, it's, it's the, you be the life of the party in that small group environment. And it's, it's a blast. And for this season, it's what the option that we have. Guys, I'm so excited about this because I believe we have a chance to reach people we've never reached before, to create a safe place for people who don't feel safe coming to big church, either because they're afraid of crowds or they're afraid of church or, you know, of all those things. They're not afraid of living rooms and they love brunch. Who doesn't love brunch food? And for our folks at a distance, you know, the people who are watching far off, uh, I want to challenge you. Do this. Gather some people in New Hampshire, gather some people in, in Phoenix, gather some people in Florida, gather some people in North Carolina, go deep with a few folks. And, and, and one of the things I love about this is that it puts ministry in the hands of the people. It empowers ordinary people just like you to do extraordinary ministry because we're providing the content and you're creating the community. It's going to be a blast. And it gives us an opportunity to grow our church and expand the kingdom of God in a time when you wouldn't think that would be possible. And you get to build fun, meaningful community. Some of my best memories uh, are, are in small groups. Some of my best memories of faith are in small groups of friends that I'm doing life together with when you really get to know people. So enjoy this season. Next question that I am getting is, well, then how do I host a group? And the short answer to that question is you sign up. Just text the word host, H-O-S-T, to 304-242-0463. That's host, text host to 304-242-0463. And you'll get a link back, click on that link and sign up. And then we'll follow up with you and we're gonna provide some trainings. And if you can't get here in person, we'll follow up with training online. We'll get you equipped to be successful at this. And then we're gonna do ongoing training on Thursday nights at our gathering when we record the service. Ongoing coaching. And you'll get to experience the worship and the message before everybody else does. And, um, and, and then we will begin doing Church at Home on October 25th. So again, our last Church at Heritage Port will be on October 18th, and then we will switch to Church at Home for October 25th. Guys, our message as a church has been the same message for 2,000 years. Our message is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Our message is the word of God, and that must never, ever change. But our methods, our methods have to constantly change uh, because we have a commission from Jesus himself to reach people and help them find him and teach them how to follow them. That's what we're all about. And that's what this decision is all about. And I'm so excited because I think this is a critical piece of where we're going 
well beyond COVID and a super strategic place or move for where we are during COVID because the church is about reaching out. It's not about turning in and we're not gonna do that in this time. And I wanna invite you guys, especially our church online community, to pray about, think about, ask Jesus whether he would have you host a group or somehow put a group together and then sign up and do it. Let me pray. Jesus, thank you that you have plans for your church, God, that your church will continue to grow and expand because you said it would in your, in your word, Lord, and that you have plans for this church and uh, called the Vineyard Church in Wheeling, West Virginia. And I pray that you would grow and expand us well beyond the Ohio Valley, God, and that you would gather people together and that you would cause them to grow and become fully devoted followers of, of you here in the Ohio Valley, across the state of West Virginia, and really across our nation. And I pray that you would call and enlist each person, Lord, that, that you are calling to host one of these groups and to make a difference in their neighborhood, in their family, in their community. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for joining us here at The Vineyard. It's our greatest desire to see you find and follow God, and we hope that this podcast has helped you do just that. For more video messages and content, make sure to visit our website, vineyardwheeling.com, or download our app. Again, thanks for joining us this week. We'll see you next time.